0: Hello and welcome to the High, Wide and Handsome Podcast. This episode is a beginner's guide for all you beginners out there uh, who've either opened your account or not opened your account. And first thing off the bat, what I'm going to say is if you haven't actually opened an account yet and you do, get on to me for a, it's like a vouchery code thing. Basically means you get a tenner and I get a tenner. If you want that, hit me up on Twitter, Slack or I don't know, wherever else you find me. Uh, I'll explain what you can expect from this podcast first. And then we'll get stuck right into it. So the the we're going to cover a lot of important things I feel you need to know. We're going to talk about what the Football Index actually is. Different ways to make money. What a dividend is. I'm going to discuss how dividends provide value to players. And why without them it would essentially be a Ponzi scheme. That's something you might often hear thrown around. I'm going to cover... I don't know if I'll bother covering actual dividend, dividend payouts, like the, the actual figures because you can very easily find them in a table and it would be very boring for me to go through them all. But I might quickly fly through them, undecided as of yet. I'm going to cover what capital appreciation is. I'm going to go through diversification. I'm going to talk about the trend list and why to be wary of it. We're going to talk about uh, the calendar year. I'm going to bring you through each month just very quickly. shouldn't take more than 5 or 10 minutes. To give you an idea what the market sentiment should be based on big tournaments that year and uh, different transfer windows and the like. Then I'm going to go through a few frequently asked questions like what is fluidity, what's the share split, what are IPOs, what does ROI mean. Different things like that, Uh, different third parties that you can get your data from if you're looking to do that. Um, And the really interesting thing about this podcast is this, I'm not the only person who's going to be speaking to you. I've got six guests who all talk for between 10 and 15 minutes about different topics. If you look in the show notes, you will find timestamps like where you can jump to to actually hear from these specific people if that's what you're here for. We have Mortz from Twitter. We have Tom Molyneux, who I found on Facebook. We have FI Focus, also on Twitter. MDJ. We have FI Force, and we have FI Addict. So a couple of first-time people I've talked to, it was really nice, and uh, a few couple of people who I've already talked to before, all very informative, and they tell us about everything, uh, including MB, PB, IPD, buying and selling players, where we cover what pumping and dumping is, and the likes of fluidity in the market. There's a few other things in there too. Uh, we covered beginners first months with FI Force, a few pitfalls that he would like you to know about and uh, he thinks are important just so that if you're in your first few months i just thought it'd be good to have a beginner on not just experienced traders and then fi addict is going to talk to us about big swings um things that will affect a player's price such as big transfers injuries um moving outside pb leagues which might sound like gibberish to you now but hopefully it won't at the end of this podcast i think that's everything It's not going to be in the order I just described it. It's going to be a bit all over the gaff. But look, it isn't going to be perfect. We might go over a few things more than once. As a different guest, don't know what each each other's talked about already. But I'm going to try and make it as streamlined as possible. And for that reason, I'm going to stop talking shit to you now and we'll get stuck into it. One of the first things that I think we need to address here is what is the football index? People often ask me this and I find myself stumbling over my words, giving an ambiguous, confusing answer that really leaves them in no better position than when I first started explaining it to them. It just makes it sound complicated and it almost deters them, I'd say. So I try to actually make a bit of an answer for it. And I think the reason it's not an easy answer is because what CEO and founder Adam Cole has created is unprecedented. This is the first of a genre and it hasn't really been achieved before. I don't actually know if it's been attempted but this is the first time that a football stock market like this has really taken off. If you want an actual definition they define it as this. A UK licensed and regulated gambling platform known as the football stock Stock market or simply the index that allows football enthusiasts to gamble on the future success of football players. It's often been referred to um, as fantasy football meets the stock market meets betting so you can take from that but you will that's basically what the football index is and i think i feel there's no better way to actually understand what it is than to download the app and go and have a look around and obviously we'll get into more now in the podcast about how you can make money and uh, maybe get a bit more into it So, to my knowledge, there's essentially four ways to make money. Now, there's probably someone out there with a fifth or sixth way that are very unorthodox and they're making a bit of coin off it, but to the layman, and we're keeping this simple because it's for beginners, there are four ways. We're going to go through them all. First one I feel you need to understand is what capital appreciation is. People will also refer to this as CA or CAPAP. Capital appreciation is defined as the increase in the value of an investment it is the difference between the purchase price and sale price of an asset so let's say for example you go and you buy your Rahim Sterling future for 570 and then in two weeks he's worth six pounds per share or future that's something you should be aware of people will refer to it as a share or a future You're essentially betting on the future performance of your asset or player. So it's called a future officially, but people will say shares. So if he rises to that price of 6 from 570, you have 30 pence per future of capital appreciation. And that could be broken down into a percentage. I'm not going to do that off my head, but let's say it's 5% capital appreciation. That is a good thing for you. Um, they can obviously go down in value. Let's say Raheem Sterling breaks a leg or if he misses 10 chances in a game and the media is crucifying him, he's the worst player ever or he gets benched. There's a million reasons he could drop in value. And that would be essentially negative capital appreciation. There's probably a better term for that but no one really uses it much around the index, don't worry. All you need to know is what capital appreciation is and that is one of the ways you make money. You buy someone low, you sell them high. That's capital appreciation. There's a few ways people can make money from capital appreciation on the index. There are actually hundreds of ways, but I'm going to go through a few of the main ones. People often buy youth players or young players, I don't know, under the age of maybe 23, but big time under the age of 20. And what they hope is that these players get a start for the first team at their club, maybe even grab a goal, they get called to the international team, even get named in the squad, sometimes as a sub, but that's enough to spike their price. For example, Mason Greenwood, I don't know if you've looked on Football Index yet, depending on where you are in your journey, I suppose. But he's one of the, he could be the 10th most expensive player on in the index. And he had major spikes when he was named in the squad, when he got an appearance. His price just booms. So that's one of the ways people try and make money. Through buying them young, inexperienced players. Who are going to hopefully one day be the next Neymar. That's what they want. And their price will go up with time. Players who will be largely involved in big competitions. Such as the Champions League or the Euros or the World Cup. They often find a bit of a rise. Um, This is due to a few things. Uh, More media coverage. Just more people seeing the player in general. You could have a player, you know yourself. Was it 2012? Whenever the likes of, or was it, oh wait, I don't know, whenever the likes remember Mesut Ozil tore it up in the World Cup for Germany and then all of a sudden he's playing for Real Madrid. Same happened for, do you remember, James Rodriguez? I'm pretty sure that one was the 2014 World Cup. Doesn't matter. He tore it up, scored that Kraken volley. Everyone was talking about him. This would cause those players to go up. So having people who are in big competitions, such as like even the Ajax players last year, Ajax had a Kraken run and I think they beat Real Madrid and Juve. And this caused players like De Jong, De Ligt, Zayic, Van de Beek, pretty much everyone on their team rose. So people can sometimes buy players, hope they rise with capital appreciation through big tournaments or in the build-up, and then ship them on. Some people quickly flip players who score in a game or who have a moment of brilliance. So let's say Harry Kane, a couple of weeks ago there in pre-season, he scored from the halfway line. Now, Harry Kane's maybe not a great example of this because he would, it would need to be quite a substantial rise for you to make money due to commission, which we'll cover. But what people do is they buy players when they have one of these great moments or a goal, and then they sell them moments later, maybe a few minutes or, I don't know, hours. They sell them on, they make a few pence per share or sometimes even more, and they run with their money. Um, these little trades, quickly flipping players can add up and you're making money from your capital appreciation. I'll go through commission very quickly. Basically, on every time you sell a player on Football Index, you pay Football Index 2% commission. So if you sell a player for 1 pound, you will pay 2 pence to Football Index and you will get 98 pence back. So there is no sense in you buying a player for 98 pence and selling him for 1 pound because you'll you'll break even. Now, obviously there's times when you'd be happy to break even if you're the first person to discover some shit news for with the player. You'll be happy to get out breaking even. You might even be happy to get out at a bit of a loss. But just bear in mind, 2% commission can be a killer. And if you're over trading, it doesn't sound like much, but if you're constantly flipping players in and out of players three times a day because you're just all excited about being on the platform, you're going to lose 2% of every sale transaction, which doesn't belong compounding and adding up. So just be very, very cautious of that. Um... So yeah, commission can be a killer. And I think something you need to take out of that is patience. Patience really is key. You can overtrade if you're not patient. Remember why you've bought players when you buy them. Why did I buy him? Don't just jump between players multiple times per day. Unless you know what you're at and you have a strategy and you're making money doing it. But it can be so easy to overtrade. I've said it before. It's a silent assassin to your portfolio. 2% of every sale transaction racks up and we are going on about that for a bit so we'll move on but I just really wanted to hammer that home to you something another way people make money through capital appreciation is buying players who will have a lot of transfer hype before a market opens so let's say who's notoriously always got some remember Wesley Schneider used to always be linked with Manchester United if you were to buy today's version of Wesley Schneider say in April or May before the transfer market opens, or maybe even in November or December before the January one, and the media are going to link this player consistently to Manchester United or other big clubs, what will happen is he'll be earning what are called media dividends that we're going to get into, and because of that, and the potential for him to go to a massive European club like Manchester United, and especially an English club, which we'll also cover why that's important, his price will rise so some people would buy in advance of a transfer market to make money from capital appreciation and the last one i just want to cover is buying pb players which is performance buzz players before the season starts so performance buzz is the other dividend we have performance buzz dividends media buzz dividends and in play dividends they're the three other ways to make money than capital appreciation but quite often you'll find that capital appreciation goes hand in hand with each of these but um there's the three types of dividend and there's capital appreciation. They're the four ways. But if you buy these performance buzz players before the season starts, they will normally see a bit of a rise because as the season ends and there's not going to be games for them to make money from their performances on the pitch, their value usually drops in and around April or May and really starts to resurge. In, I don't know, it varies year to year, but I found this year I bought a lot of them early June. And I've seen very, very nice returns on those PB players coming into late July. Um, So yeah, I think that's capital appreciation well and truly hit home. All you need to know is, it's basically when your player's value rises. And it'll often go hand in hand with each of the dividends. Because if they're winning dividends, they're appealing to people and they'll buy them. And just one more quick note on capital appreciation is this. At the moment in the market... Because Football Index is a relatively new company and because people like you and me have just joined and put a load of money into it or you might be about to do that, with everyone buying these players with their first deposits and more money coming into the market I suppose than maybe getting withdrawn from the market, players' values across the board are rising and even now obviously there's a few anomalies. There's players who are going to decrease, not everyone's going to make money but over months and maybe even the next year definitely over the past year across the board prices have risen and that's gonna keep happening until we get to a point where we reach market cap it's often referred to as market cap and what that is that's gonna be essentially when we're in equilibrium um, where the amount of people coming into the platform and leaving the platform kinda balance out and there's not this sort of natural growth anymore and when we reach that point Half the people on the platform will lose their money and half the people will make money because people are going to be funding other people's wins with their losses and vice versa. So it's just something to be aware of. It's very easy to make money at the minute. At the time of recording now where I am, most people are making money. But there will come a time where it gets harder. But for now, just ride the wave and be happy it's happening. Something else I want to cover very, very quickly while we're on the topic is what a share split is you might hear people referencing share splits on social media otherwise known as an SS and for shorthand on social media but a share split is basically when it one happened earlier this year I'll talk you through it so players prices got to the stage where you might have been paying 25 pounds for a Neymar share or for a Pogba share and what that does is it makes it almost inaccessible for new traders or people without heavy pockets so what football index do to make it more fun for everyone more accessible and to increase trading in the platform they do what's called a share split so they basically split the shares three ways this year so if you had 10 Neymars at £25 each you now held 30 Neymars three times as many but his price was a third so it would have been 833 say so Essentially nothing changes, your portfolio value would not change but what it does is it makes it more accessible for people with smaller portfolios and it keeps the platform fun and not out of reach for people who want to come and join. This also increases people signing up because it looks more interesting and viable and that's good for everyone because as we've just learned that will help with capital appreciation in the market. So yeah that's kind of what a, a share split is. So you don't really have to worry about. I mean, if you look now, and Neymar is like seven fifty or something, seven thirty. You don't really have to worry about him ever being worth a hundred pounds per Neymar and being absolutely inaccessible to anyone. They'll have a share split before that happens, if it ever does happen, and they would just split it up and keep the prices. I don't know, somewhat. I don't know, somewhat accessible for your average punter. Because not all of us have 150k a year to to trade with, do you know. But um, yeah, that's what a share split is. So you've heard me talking for about 15 minutes now. You're probably bored off your tits and you want to hear from someone else. So we're going to go through, I don't really know what the most logical way to do this is. And I've wrecked my brain. But I just think it's best to just fucking go for it. So we're going to go through each of the dividend types. And then we'll go into how to buy and sell players. We'll maybe talk about big swings in the market, and then we'll finish with uh, FI Force in the beginners' first few months. But first things first, let's talk about MB Media Buzz. And we're joined now by Football Index Focus, who is my first ever podcast guest. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been Her a little things- <laughs>
1: while, yeah.
0: Good to you. How's it going, John? Ah, all's good, all's good. Would you like to tell people where they can find you and then maybe go off on somewhat of a monologue and try and explain MB in layman's terms to the best of your ability?
1: Great. Uh, yes, yeah, so my name is uh, is Alex. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FIFocus. Um, media buzz or media dividends. Uh, it's a really, really important part of the Football Index platform. Just to give a brief history of uh, the media buzz dividend it started when football index uh, launched a few years ago media buzz and the media dividend was the only way you could earn dividends on the platform Uh, so it's split into now we've got three categories of dividends you have media dividend you have a performance dividend and you have in play dividends Uh, before those last two came in you just had a media dividend and basically what a media dividend is is the most talked about footballers of the day compiled into a list from one to however many, um, and whoever is top or in the top three, I'll go into why there's the two different ones shortly. Whoever is top basically wins a dividend. Um, It started off back previously, we had dividends that were, uh, media dividends were given just to the the top place uh, on any day of the year. So 365 days a year, the person who was top of the media Uh, dividend table at the end of the day wins a dividend which is currently three pence per sorry two pence per share uh on days where there is no football uh where there's no performance buzz football great thing the football index do is they open up to the top three now that means that first second and third place can be eligible to win media dividends which means that it is something that is consistently every day of the year if you're picking the right footballers for uh, to win media dividends, you can win money every single day of the year, whether there's a game on or not. That's something that really sets Football Index apart from traditional bookmakers, where obviously you've only got games on certain days of the year, the Premier League, the big leagues only run on certain days, media dividends every single day of the year. The thing about how, do you, how does a player win media dividends? So basically, Football Index takes articles from... 15 or so uh, news outlets Uh, that all the information about which outlets they use um, can be found on the Football Index website. So you can go on there. There's a whole section on where, where they pull their news stories from and how. And basically what they do is they take the headline of that news story and they look for how positive a news story that is. And the more positive the news story is, the more points get allocated to that player. So, for example, if a player has something about them winning the Champions League, there's words within that headline which are very, very positive, such as winners, Champions League, etc. And the algorithm that Football Index use means that the they kind of multiply up. So, the more positive words you have, the more points you're going to score. For example, that that could score maybe two hundred points that one article. But then a player's article which might just say. Uh, Paul Pogba goes to the shop. That's a really layman's example of a a boring sort of headline that gets churned out by some of the newspapers and online outlets in the UK. Um, But that would only score 20 points, for example. But if a player is very, very popular in the news and is often featured in, in news articles, that's when you'd get kind of those articles start to pile up. So 20 points here, 20 points there, 20 points there. And those are the sorts of players that command the highest fees on football index because they are the ones that are winning the most dividends. So what does what makes a player valuable in terms of media? Why would certain players be worth more and why would certain players get more media dividends? Simple answers here. If a player is a big name player at a big name club. I'm thinking Paul Pogba, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. They are attracting headlines every day of the year for whether they're playing well, not playing well, go into a Paris fashion week or go into the shop as I said earlier in my in my earlier example they are getting headlines for basically living their lives now you've also then got players such as I don't know if you've got Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for example at Arsenal or you've got a few players that are great performers and occasionally they'll go score a hat-trick in a game so they're not in your newspapers every day they're not Necessary, they're household names to a degree, but not quite at the level of a Messi or Ronaldo or, or whatever. They will pick up media dividends just by playing well, by being good footballers. Um, and those are the sorts of players that start adding value to their, their football index price. And that's how they become more valuable, because the more likely that they are to win a media dividend, the more likely they are to be worth more more money per future. Uh, one of the quirks while we're talking about names on, on football index is that In order to qualify for media dividend points, you have to have your full name mentioned uh, in the headline. For example, you cannot have Ronaldo. It has to say Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, the big thing to remember about this is players with one name, such as Neymar, uh, they would be picked up for all articles mentioning their name because he only has one name. So Messi... Wouldn't get picked up. Lionel Messi would get picked up. Hopefully that makes uh, that makes sense. So that's why you see players like Neymar, um, who really do pick up a lot of media buzz points because they are able to just have the one name mentioned, which is great uh, news. For that's why you see Neymar at the top of the index because he's consistently one in the news and two gets picked up for for everything. Um, the only exception I can think of this, and it's uh, this is a whole other uh, podcast in its own uh, right, is uh, Mo Salah. So if a couple of years ago, Windex made the decision that Mo Salah and Mohamed Salah, he would pick up points for Media Buzz for both of those things, um, both of those names. Sorry, and that is, I believe, the only instance where that actually happens, or there may be, you know, a couple of others, but that's the highest profile one certainly. So something to remember, it's apart from the, the one-name thing, is Mo Salah is kind of the only exception to, to that rule that I can think of off the top of my head now. Um, I think it's also important to note at this point that the English media is, is what Football Index Media Buzz is taken from. So you can forget you've got players from across Europe there, but you can forget uh, Spanish newspapers, Italian newspapers, websites, it's all about English-based media. Therefore, it gives a huge advantage to Premier League teams, Premier League players. That's why you see Premier League players dominating the top of the index um, because they have the highest media pool. Uh, the other things to remember as well is that who are the biggest supported clubs in the country? You've got Manchester United, Liverpool, to a lesser extent, maybe Arsenal, Chelsea. Those players are always in the news because people want to read about them. Um Another thing to remember with Manchester United is actually that the word United is actually, we talked about earlier about the, the key words to being positive words. United actually registers as a positive word in the algorithm. Uh, so that gives it another boost. So basically what I'm saying in a nutshell is that Manchester United players are very valuable, hence why you'll see so many of them towards the top of the index. Um... And I think the, the, the thing about media dividends is that they are seen as a predictable or more predictable uh, dividend, whereas, whereas performance buzz or PB is more unpredictable because there's so many players eligible and there's so many players who are competing on one day. Media buzz tends to be dominated by quite a select few players. And that's something really important to remember is that if you're planning to build your portfolio for media buzz players... You will one, you'll be paying more because it's more predictable, so more people want to buy that player. But also, it means that you have a steady stream of dividend income. If that's what you're aiming for, then then those guys who are dominating the media buzz rankings are are ones that I would recommend looking at. Um, I think and it, one thing that I I haven't mentioned yet is if you have two players tied on a score. So say Neymar and Messi both score 1,000 on a day. What happens then? So basically what Football Index does is when they look at the articles, they are time-stamped. So when you go onto the website or on the app, you can see what time those articles were, were written. So the latest article um, written about a player is the one that counts, uh, the one that decides the the winner. So if an article is written at uh, 11 p.m. for Messi, but one is written at 30 p.m. for for Neymar. Neymar would win the dividend on on that day. Um, if it was a if it was a, a regular day with performance buzz, they would they would win that, or they would win on a if it would be between third and fourth on a day where there's just media. Um, Cut off time for media dividends. You have to buy players to be eligible. To win a media dividend by two PM on a day, so that means that if you buy a player after two PM, they are not eligible for media dividends until the following day, uh, and that's something really important to remember because you you have to plan sufficiently ahead to be able to qualify for for that on on that day. Uh, John, am I missing am I missing anything else? Have I have I? I think you've it's... pretty much
0: hit the nail on the head. I sat there, twiddling my thumbs, closing my eyes, enjoying your lyrical voice there (laughs) for 10 minutes no honestly you really you really covered everything i have on my hit list the only thing that i think is of any interest is the fact that we we're recording this on the 31st of july 2019 one day after the announcement and i think i read that it's is it october the 1st that they're opening up the yes the mb rankings to the yes. whole of the every player not just exactly the top yes. so
1: currently and from the inception of football index players have been divided into the top 200 and what is now known as the squad so previously it was only the top 200 players who were eligible for media dividends i'm not i believe it's the first of october although i'm not 100 percent sure but certainly in the very near future uh the media buzz dividend will be open to the whole of the index. Every player on the index from top to bottom will be eligible to win media dividends. Now, that is going to have an impact only because previously there was only a small pool of players, obviously that top 200, who were eligible. Now you're going to have players from here, there, and everywhere who could end up winning a media dividend, arguably making it more unpredictable. However, the statistics that Football Index released when they announced this said that 92% of all winners would have come from the top 200. So if you're wondering, oh my goodness, this is going to make this bet that you've just said is quite predictable or more predictable, will actually make it less predictable, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. It's more that it gives everybody a chance should there be uh, a news story that's worth worthwhile
0: yeah you shouldn't really be caught up or it shouldn't be you shouldn't be caught out or it shouldn't make too much of a difference bar when someone from the dutch second division pulls a baby out of a fire flaming <laughs> house or something it, it shouldn't really affect it bar the, the odd anomaly um, yes it's a right big to. story exactly but look thank you so much for summarizing that for us i'm sure everyone got a lot out of that i actually learned a thing or two and uh, not that i'd like to admit it but <laughs> thank you for your time
1: that's an absolute pleasure thanks for having me on and uh, yeah I can't wait to hear the uh, end result
0: great thanks very much cheers and that truly was a great summary um, by FI Focus there but next we're going to jump straight in to IPDs okay so we're live now with Tom Molyneux also known as Football Index Club on Twitter if you need to reach out to him after this for more knowledge on IPDs Tom how are you? hi John yes Uh, I'm very well thanks how are you? all's good all's good do you want to give us a bit of a crash course on IPDs for those beginners, or maybe those more established traders who haven't really uh, investigated making money out of IPDs yet? Do you want to give us a quick run through how it might work?
2: Okay, absolutely. So basically, uh, in-play dividends are a way that you can earn dividends, sort of, on a trade that only lasts thirty days, and you can basically earn them when your player gets a goal and assist, or if your goalkeeper keeps a clean sheet. So, in terms of the sort of rules of these, so you get 1p per goal, and that's for forwards or midfielders. And then for defenders or goalkeepers, you get 2p per goal. So, if you've got a high scoring defender, obviously they could be quite valuable for in play dividends as you get in 2p per goal. Then you also get 1p per an assist for any position, and then 1p for a starting goalkeeper clean sheet and that's over the full game. So your goalkeeper's got to play the full game and then if they get a clean sheet, you will get one P in dividends. Um, And these are eligible for all the players on Football Index within the top 200 and also all the squad players. But there is like some uh, sort of rules on when they're eligible. So they're only actually eligible when you're playing either in... So in the top five leagues, so the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, Liga 1. And then also in various tournaments, So you've got the Champions League, Europa League, World Cup, the Euros, um, and that actually includes the Euro qualifiers, which are coming up soon, and also the Nations League. So basically, in terms of how they are actually eligible, like the time period, so they're eligible for 30 days, and that's including the day that you bought them on. And it also includes if you buy them on the day and then they go on to score. Um, so, and then if you buy them after the period that they've you know, scored, assisted, kept a clean sheet, you will also get a dividend then. So You can even buy them at 11.59 on the day that they've scored, uh, in the evening that is. And then if you keep them until 12 o'clock, you will get them and you'll be paid out between 12 and 3 p.m. the day after they have earned you that dividend. So that's basically the basics on them, and um, it's very important to note that you've got to keep them until midnight on the day of the event that they've earned you the dividend. Probably the next thing to talk about is how you can actually profit from them, unless there's anything I've missed there, John.
0: I don't think you've missed anything there. No. Um, yeah, I suppose a, a thing that people might notice that that you can get paid the dividends if you. So let's say, for example, Aguero goes out and bangs in five. And then, what some people view that as is a discounted price. They'll buy them then, knowing I'm going to get five p off because you'll get the five p back the next morning. But you're probably going to get into that anyway, um, as to how people can make money off them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so that was
2: actually one of the points I was going to say about how to profit from them. So one way is you know you can collect those in play dividends and then keep your shares after, um, and that is basically getting the play for a discounted price, as you said, unless they've already increased because they've scored a considerable amount. So you want to be careful with that. Um, you know, it's very worth looking at a player's graph when you know, you're know you buying for in-play dividends. If a player has already increased, say, 20%, 30% over the last week, there's a good chance that their price is already built in for them to actually return some in-play dividends. That may be because they've got very, very, very uh, favourable fixtures. They might be in very good form as well. So, you know, it is definitely worth having a look at the player's graph before you go in and buy a player because they can... Just as easily decrease that twenty or thirty percent if you know they have already suddenly increased. Um, and then the next, uh, the, the other ways that you can profit from the in play dividends then, other than actually just sort of collecting that dividend, um, is that you can actually make a fair bit of money from capital appreciation on them. So if you were to buy a player because maybe they're coming back from injury in three weeks and you know they're a high scoring forward, you could buy them at fairly cheap price because they're injured with the anticipation that other traders are then going to buy them, which increases their price. And then, you know, you could sell them for a profit without even actually waiting for them to be eligible for any games. Um, So, you know, a lot of trading in play dividends, I would say is about sort of being ahead of others. You know, you need to get into the players fairly early um, if you want to make a bit of capital appreciation on them or, just sort of have a good knowledge on who's going to win them. Uh, In terms of that as well, uh, the likeliness of earning in-play dividends, a few sort of things that you may want to look at is the players' fixtures. I think that's always very important, a big factor in sort of where players' prices uh, go in terms of uh, for the in-play dividends. So, you know, you want to have a look at if they've got sort of easy or hard games coming up, uh, how many games they've got as well. You know, It's useful when uh, you've got a team in the Europa League or the Champions League, they may have eight or nine games within that 30-day period. And that is always a very good opportunity to get on a player for in-play dividends. Also, have a look at the team they play for, uh, what form that team's in, what form the player's in, and also just maybe check that they're actually getting minutes for the team as well. Um, And then the other sort of considerations that I'd say are very key is probably... The sort of dividend yield that you're getting on the player. So the dividend yield, uh, what I mean by that is how much as a percentage they are returning um, in dividends as a percentage of their price. Uh, so if you've got, say, a 50p player and they score five goals, they've returned 5p and their dividend yield on that would be 10%, uh, which would be very high. And uh, alternatively, you could have a player score five goals, but they're five pounds. Uh, and then the dividend yield would only be 1%. So I, w- I would say, in general, it probably is better to go at the lower end of the market for in-play dividends, yeah. um, unless you do really intend to you know, keep your player. But often, I leave with in-play dividends, you want to be having a look at the dividend yield before you maybe go in and buy 100 you know, Sancho's because they've got some favourable fixtures. With a player like that, you probably want to be buying them for a lot of other reasons instead uh, because you know their price isn't built just for the in-play dividends.
0: Just to elaborate on that I think that is very important a lot of these players that people love flipping for IPDs are your cheaper strikers like your Jamie Vardy's or like Troy Deeney or do you know the cheap strikers which will give you a high yield because I'm, I'm pretty much elaborating on exactly what you've just said if I go and I buy Neymar for IPDs purely people don't really do that maybe they do but If you're buying a player that's seven quid to get a penny or two back and get less than a a 1%, maybe max a percent and a half, 2% of his value back over those 30 days, should the commission, if you want to sell him again, is going to be 2%. So the IPD might cover your commission, but unless he's rose in price, you're really not going to make anything. So for IPD trading and quick flips, you're looking at those cheaper players with high dividend yields. That's Absolutely, fair, isn't John.
2: It? I, yeah, you've explained that probably a lot better than me, so thanks for that.
0: I <laughs> know, <laughs> just, just to really, really compound it and get it into people's heads, because most people listening to this probably don't really know what IPDs are, and maybe haven't. I, when I put this podcast together, we maybe haven't got to the likes of Commission or spreads or the like yet so just to kind of explain it again but anyway tell us a bit more yeah definitely um another point i wrote down actually
2: was about the spread as you just mentioned so what that is is basically the difference between the buy price and the instant sell price so as you say you know you're gonna get you're not gonna make a lot of money if you're buying a high price seven pound player for in-play dividends so let say you buy them at seven pounds and then you want to instant sell them after they have scored three goals you know, the spread's probably going to be, you know, 30, 40p difference um, and jobs are going to come out with a lot less money after that trade. So, yeah, as as you say, it's best to probably focus on lower price players who have a better yield. Um, and as I've already mentioned as well, just be careful looking at a player's graph, check their in-play dividends aren't already built into their price, as you could sort of get burnt on that as well. Um, I think that's about it, really. Is there anything else uh, to cover in terms of in-play dividends? Oh, yeah, the um, I think another good point is actually why Football Index sort of have in-play dividends and the importance to the market too. So on that is basically it's really, really good for Football Index uh, to have the fluidity in the market. You know, a lot of buying and selling in the market is great for Football Index because ultimately how they make money, you know, because they charge the commission. So the more buying and selling, the more money that Football Index are going to make, find that commission, which is then obviously used to you know pay us all our our dividends. And so I think that's probably the reason why Football Index have sort of said that they're going to go ahead and keep in play dividends for the future, uh, whether they'll increase them or not. Uh, I think that's probably unlikely for now, but it is something that could be possible in the future as
0: well yeah very good really really good summary there and i think just to elaborate it's probably as good a time as any for me to elaborate in terms of this podcast on fluidity and you you basically said it but just to reiterate for you new traders people will mention fluidity a lot and basically what fluidity is is how much is being how many shares in a player are being bought or being sold how quickly you can sell a player and how how, well you can buy one immediately but I suppose back in the day when Football Index had just started out, because they maybe only had a few hundred traders, the chances of someone buying your, if you had, let's say, who's a bit of an Eric Dyer, I used him a while ago on a podcast, if you had Eric Dyer and you wanted to sell him, you could be waiting weeks for someone to buy him because there's just no one there. There was no one on the platform. But now that the platform has grown so much, there's a lot more fluidity in the market because a lot more people are buying these players and different players for different reasons. And what IPDs do is they make people buy and sell very regularly to suit fixtures and form to make a quick profit. So that's great for FI because they get commission, which is also great for us because we can sell and buy it. We'll sell players quicker. And it also means... We can expect increased dividends one day because FI are making a lot more money. Is that fair? Absolutely. Unless you would add on fluidity.
2: Yes, no, I think you've uh, covered that well there, actually. And it is is really important. It's not talked about too often, but I do think fluidity in the market, you know, that keeps things going. And that is sort of essential to Football Index of working, uh, which I I think it will for many, many years to come. And uh, the market's only really getting more more fluid in a way with more people on the platform, more people buying and selling. So, yeah, it's, a, it's good days. It's exciting times to be on Football Index, that's for
0: sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, Tom, thanks again. And just before we go again, do you want to tell people quickly where they can find you?
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm on Twitter as Football Index Club. Um, I've got a website coming soon, so you probably will hear me talking about that on Twitter. Um, I'm also on Facebook uh, if you want to join the Football Index value players, basically, talk about research players uh there's not really any not too much uh pumping on there we, we like to uh, talk and analyze players but yeah if you want to join the group uh, it's uh, got quite a lot of members now and it's a good place to discuss players in depth really so and uh yeah best of luck with trading to uh, anyone listening to this
0: brilliant thanks very much for your time tom
2: Yeah, no, thanks a lot for having me on, John. Uh, Best of luck, and I hope this podcast is uh, of use to people
0: in the future. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. We'll talk again soon. And that was an unbelievable summary of IPDs by Tom Molyneux. I can't thank him enough. We're going to launch straight in now to PB. Mort's talked us through it. One of the the best parts of the index, in my my opinion. And uh, forgive me for being so short in my little interim fucking spells of chatting to you, but we're trying to bang this out in an hour and a half. We've got a time schedule here, so... I'll talk to you in a while. Okay, and now we have Mortz with us. He, I'm familiar with from Twitter, but you can probably find him elsewhere. I don't know. Are you are you strictly on Twitter, Mortz? Do you want to tell us where people can find
3: you? Hi, John. Yes, uh, basically Twitter is my main kind of football index uh, thing. Uh, it keeps me busy enough. So yeah, I'm uh, Mortz, as, yeah. you, as you might know me and other people, or at Mortz underscore bhfc. Um, but yeah, I've been on since July last year. Um, but yeah, that's what most people will, will know me as, yeah.
0: Good stuff. And we have you here to tell us all about PB. So if we get, we, me and you'll try and rattle through what PB is for beginners in about 10 minutes. Um it might, okay. it might go over that slightly, but do you want to start off by telling people what PB is and maybe go a bit into the matrix and possibly recent changes to it?
3: Yeah, sure, no problem. Right, okay. For a beginner's guide, it's going to be basic, but PB or performance buzz is value to players. So The highest scoring players on match days in the striker, midfield, defensive and goalkeeper positions win dividends for being the top scoring player. And the matrix rewards players for certain things that you get along the way in games. Now, strikers get their own category, midfielders get their own category, and defenders and goalkeepers are in a joint category, which isn't always great for goalkeepers. Um, It's the USP of football indexes. Kind of product in a way because you're getting rewarded for football knowledge and choosing players which you believe in and think will do well. So it's a way of making money out of your knowledge in football, which is great. Um, we've touched on the three positions um, in a match day. There's different type of match days where you can win more dividends, but the um, but the actual point of it is the more points you get, the higher you go up the, uh, the dividend table. And at the end of the match day, if you're the highest scoring player and you own them, you win. So it's quite simple, really. Um, it covers the five main leagues, so England, Germany, Spain, France and Italy. And it also covers Europa League and Champions League games as well and some World Cup and European Cup games and things like that. But that's, a, that's further down the line. The game is quite simple. The players score the points via the matrix, which has recently changed. So I'd suggest looking at Football Index's website, looking at the up-to-date matrix and looking at all the different scores because certain scores are really awarded and there is minus scores as well. So it's really important that anyone goes on there, really understands.
0: Well, before we go anywhere, just I'll try and break it down very quickly um, before I let you keep going on, what a matrix actually is. Because there might actually be people come on. I remember when I first joined, I don't know about yourself, Mort, I was like, when people kept referencing the matrix, maybe I was a wee bit behind, but I was thinking, what's this matrix? I was thinking of movies. I was thinking of sunglasses and trench coats, like, but yeah, <laughs> what... Uh, what the matrix is, to, th- to those of you listening, is it's basically all of the different... Uh, so actions on a pitch are attributed a value and all those different actions have different values associated with them. And we call all those different rules and points associated with actions the matrix. So, for example, shots, passes, assists, tackles, all get allocated different points. And they are what makes up that player's Total score for the day that Mortz like referenced the the highest score will win yeah. the PB for that day yeah. uh, the dividends on offer. Um, so just in case people were wondering what matrix actually means, now do you want to tell us a bit about the matrix and different just some of the different things on it that that are big? you know goals and game winning goals and You've things? You've got your
3: your high range players that earn the most dividends are like the Messis and the Kimmich and, Kimmiches, and uh, Neymar has a Pogba for instance the five sort of big most earning players this year because they do a lot of dribbling, they do a lot of passing, scoring, they, they hit a lot of the key points, um, and on each part of the matrix there's distribution, faults, goalkeeping, defending, and attacking. Um, so, for instance, a shot you can get three points for, which isn't a lot. But if a player has 10 shots in a game, which some players do, they rack up points quite quickly, and some of these players have got 300 points in a game, which is massive. But some PB days, a player can win with 100. It all depends on who's playing that day. So when you choose players, you want to choose players that might have a good fixture or less games on that day.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Like The single match days, although the payout is less, you're much more likely to win it because if there's one match that day, there's only 22 players eligible. And in any given position, there might only be three or four, uh, maybe five or six. Whereas on treble match days you could have thirty or forty games going on, like on a rare example, maybe I don't know if there's often that many, but you could have over twenty easily.
3: Yeah, it makes a massive difference to the points that you're gonna accrue that day. And especially if you're playing against a really, really good player, a Messi, for instance, you're gonna struggle to, to beat him if he has a good game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In terms of some of the things on the matrix, I have it here in front of me as well. Are there any that jump out at you? I'll say any that jump out at me that are that are big big winners or losers for people on their scores?
3: Yeah, well, if, if a player scores, obviously, you've got 45 points for scoring a goal. So that's quite a lot of points for one goal. And sometimes if you get a hat-trick or two goals, you very quickly accrue points and then you get points for passing. So if a player scores a couple of goals, does a few dribbles, which he gets points for, gets a goal, then straight away, he's going to contend for the, for the PB for that day. And then for defenders, they've got their own category, really, because a defender won't be having 10 shots a game unless they're extraordinarily good. So they'll have different scoring things like a last man tackle, which is 20 points, which is a good, good amount of points to get. Or tackles, yeah. headers, aerial jewels. You know, this is why if you join and you're looking for PB, you need to understand the values when you're buying a player. It's so important.
0: It also, I think it makes it much more exciting when you're watching the games, if you know the different things that I like, your player will get points for, because it makes it more fun watching like it might sound crazy, but now even if I watch and a player I have gets tackled, I'm cheering because they've won a file and that's four points. Another important point I think on the the PB scoring matrix is that that things do they stack up. So if you have a shot, you get three points. Yeah. If you have a shot on target, you get five points. But they 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 add to each other, so that would be eight points. Isn't that that is correct? Yeah. And then if you that go if that's a goal, that's forty five points plus the eight points for your shot and shot on target, which is fifty three, and then a game winning goal uh, is another thirty five points. So do you know that racks up very quickly to a total of what 588? eighty eighty eight? I've maybe got that wrong ahead. Yeah, you
3: can, you can you can quickly score thirty three points by crossing the ball in. Someone scoring from it, it becomes a key pass, a cross, an assist, so you can quickly accrue points if you've got a certain type yeah. of player.
0: Um, so there's there's obviously
3: players much more suited to it. On the on the flip side, you've got the faults as well. So if a player gets a red card, they're be minus thirty points. So you can lose points as well. So it isn't all gaining points. So you know if you can see the goal, or you get a yellow card, or fouls, or own goals, there's lots of different ways you can get points, but you can also lose. points. So you've got to bear that in mind on a, on a on the PB matrix when you're looking at it on a game day because your points will go up and down, which can yeah, be misleading.
0: Absolutely, and like the things like clean sheets, I often find if you're watching a game or you're watching on the the match day scoring on the app or on the website, and your player seems to be out ahead, and then all of a sudden he drops down a bit, and you're wondering how did he lose points? He had two hundred. If they lose a clean sheet, they can lose points.
3: Um, it's it's not over till it's over. That's what I've I've learned that you've got to be on it right to the last minute because you might think you might be 10 points ahead but one action one good action from a player who's competing will just you know you've got to wait right to the end so it's yeah. exciting I love, it. I love it on PB days
0: yeah it's very exciting and yeah uh, I think it, it it's very exciting to, to get back into matches now it's been a long summer and it obviously depends on the time of year people listen to this podcast because I hope it'll be out there for quite a while and people can go back to it but we're recording this about a week before the season starts uh, mm-hmm. in 2019, how which is
3: new, this new matrix sort of settles up and help players get advantage and disadvantage from it. So, I think it's definitely helped, it'll yeah, be better, and it'll be more realistic. So, anyone who's joining this and listening to this the first time, make sure you know that matrix and you understand it because some players do suit it more than others, and the positions yeah. they're in suit the matrix in different ways. So, the actual football you watch. And the matrix is two slightly different things. And it's probably quite a good point to look at the matrix and understand the player you're buying. Because some players from previous seasons have played central midfield and passed the ball 120 times in a game. And they've competed for PB. And all they've really done is passed the ball and be neat and tidy. So you've got to understand the matrix and it keeps changing. So it's really important. I think it's probably a really important message to get across to new Yeah. to understand that.
0: Absolutely. And in the event of a draw... Do you want to tell them what happens if two people get the yes, same points so
3: today? In whatever position on a, on a match day, if say two strikers get 250 points each, then the youngest player will, will win. So if it was Ronaldo against Messi as another example, Messi would win the PV and Ronaldo wouldn't because Ronaldo's an older player. Because that's the only way they could sort out. Of it. It's a bit unfair. So it would probably hurt. It would probably hurt to know that for someone who
0: get to draw but yeah draw. them's the rules so we just got to play by them and yeah i think with more or less corporate yeah. now there, there are obviously a lot of things but as i've probably mentioned earlier in this podcast this is going to be a very concise beginner kind of run through things quickly give you the gist of it uh that, that's what this podcast is going for so we could go through every single action on the pb matrix and we could go into like trading from pbs and stuff uh for pbs but that's not what we're going for here so if you were looking to find the different charts and uh, the match day scoring uh, you could find that very very quickly on football index with a quick search
3: yeah and there's also um, probably a, one important thing is to remember that when when you buy the players so you need to own that player before 2 p.m on the match day to be eligible and you've got to hold the player till sort of midnight to 3am to get the payout so if you buy the player after 2pm you don't get the dividends, that's why so it's important that you read all those rules and understand it because it can be a little bit misleading and you might think you're going to get P V but you're not so it's understanding all those little
0: interests. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more, I definitely got caught whenever I first joined, buying a player at half two when I'm sitting in the pub with my mates, skull and pints thinking this is great, buy a few players for the game, we'll see how they go and just not getting paid dividends that night and then when I actually read the fine print, yeah, you need to own them before 2 p.m. So that's definitely an important point to, to put in there. Yeah.
3: And the, the PB for me personally gives the index the value. So when a player's winning lots to PB, their price will rise. So it, it goes hand in hand. A good PB player will have a good price. And you can get any player win PB, which makes it even more exciting. So you might have some lower priced punts that can win PB, which is makes PB, I think, really good. Because any on any match day, any player can win if he has a great game, which I think makes it really exciting.
0: Absolutely, it means even if you've got a player like that, that's the big thing as well. Obviously, the bigger, more the premium pi- price players are premium priced for a reason, and that's because they win a lot of yep. dividends. Yeah. But if you have a fifty p player who you've been sitting there waiting because you think they're going to have a great season, or because they're young and they come off the bench and score a hat trick, and win you the dividends. <laughs> If that's a treble day and you end up getting five or seven p out of it, I mean you could be getting ten or fifteen percent return on your investment. It's a
3: great return, isn't it? And generally, with the lower price players, you have more shares. So I find it more exciting when you've got a fifty p share, for instance, and you've got a lot more of those shares within the payout. Yeah, really good. It's yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah, because obviously, if you've like for a lot of people listening, fifty shares in Neymar is like three hundred and fifty quid. That's a lot of money. And even if he wins, you might only get two fifty or three quid back, which isn't doesn't quite get the endorphins going as much as if you two or no. three hundred in someone and you're getting yeah. I don't know like 15, 20, 30 quid back or something. But um,
3: yeah. a good example, I had um, running, running for Nantes this season, and I had uh, eight hundred fifty shares, and he, he got PB and he got assists. I had it all in a thirty day thing. It was really lucky, and I got about eighty quid in it in a weekend. It was fantastic! It was it was lovely.
0: He had a great season, didn't he? Yeah,
3: right.
0: So that that's the big thing with PB players. I think for people to put the research in, find players who might suit the matrix and who've gone under the radar and getting in. Yeah. and then the thing is, you can whenever you have them and they do hit and they do win PB, which can be hard to do. Yeah. You have that choice there do you hang on for the pb dividends or do you buy them with the ca- capital appreciation mind? or sorry do you sell them with a the capital appreciation mind and take your money and run before the the midnight deadline yes
3: yeah, big decisions uh, and, and it, it can go badly but it's part of the index but part of the fun is they're making those big decisions and taking the profits or taking the hits moving on so
0: but look march look thanks very much for your time i think that's all we've, we've time for and uh i appreciate your time and uh, if people have any questions for you or want to look you up, Mortz uh, B A F C is it on Twitter?
3: Yeah, Mortz underscore B A F C. Yeah, and I'm happy to PM you know, me, ask me questions. I'm I'm i want to help everybody. I want Index to do well. So yeah, message me, whatever, follow me. If I can help you, I will do.
0: Good stuff. Thanks again, mate. No worries. Cheers. Bye bye. Okay, and that's all the dividends covered. We've covered PB, MB and IPD. I hope you have a greater understanding. And I just want to thank Mortz again for coming on and doing PB with us. I'll put links uh, below in the show notes of where you can find the different tables for dividends. As we didn't really cover them with everyone. We may have touched on different aspects very quickly. uh, But we didn't go through them all. Because it would be long and boring for something that's much easier to explain visually. Uh, from a table which football index have done themselves so have a look for that if you're confused uh, as to how much you can actually win from these dividends we'll move on now very quickly to buying and selling with mdj mdj is going to bring us through buying and selling players in a lot of detail we're going to talk the dangers of pumping and dumping we're going to talk about what spreads are among some other really really important things this was a a really I, i learned a lot here as well so i hope you enjoy it And now we have Mel with us uh, to tell us a bit about buying and selling players. Mel, do you want to introduce yourself quickly first and then maybe go off on a bit of a a monologue and tell us uh, as much as you can about buying and selling for the beginner people?
4: Yeah, sure. Thanks, John. Um, So, yeah, I'm Mel. Uh, You'll find me hanging out on Twitter. I'm at football underscore MDJ. I've also just recently set up a blog, which is footballmdj.blog. And I'm spending the season just sort of tracking three different approaches, three different types of fund, premium players, performance players, um, and the sort of youth potential ones as well to see what works out best at the end of the season. So that's where you'll find me. Brilliant. So shall I talk a bit about buying and selling? Please do. So so obviously Football Index, uh, which I'm just going to call FI from this point forward, is a trading platform. So one of the first important, most important things for a new trader to understand is really how buying and selling works. So here we're talking about buying and selling shares in a player, which are also called futures, because technically what you're doing is placing a bet on the future performance of a player. Um, And buying and selling can be done either via the website or via the app. So if we start with buying, if you want to buy shares in a player, find the player you want, obviously, and click on the blue buy button, which will be showing the current buy price. Clicking this will take you over to a pop-up, which will give you an option to confirm how many shares you want to buy in that player. And the maximum you can buy in any one transaction is 300. But you can continue to buy shares in separate transactions up up to the 300, providing you have money in your balance to do this. So you can just keep on adding on. Bear in mind that the purchase price might change during your transaction. Um, At the bottom of the buy pop-up, you'll see an option to accept price movement switching this on will allow you to buy the player even if the price changes during the transaction if you don't have this switched on fi will alert you of any price change and ask you if you want to accept so when i talk about price change you you should note that it takes roughly 900 shares to move a player's price by 1p so 900 shares bought will move it up 1p 900 shares uh, sold will move it down 1p so that's why it changes once you've bought the shares you want, you'll find them added to your portfolio, and here you'll find the price you bought them at and their current price. But what you won't find there is the date that you purchased them. So it's really worth keeping a separate record of this if you can, because that's going to be useful for you if you're tracking eligibility for in play dividends and things like that. So that's buying. Um, selling is the next thing. So selling your shares is really the equivalent of cashing out your bet. You can sell some or all of your futures, you don't have to sell all of them at once. Um, And to do that, you find the player in your portfolio and click the pink sell button, which will be showing the current instant sell price. So at this point, it's really important to understand the difference between instant sell and market sell, because they're the two different ways that you can sell your shares. So let's deal with market sell. If you choose to market sell, you're effectively putting your shares in a queue and you're waiting for another trader to come along and buy them. And you don't know how long the queue is. You could be the next in line or there could be hundreds of traders in front of you. You just don't know. When you get to the front and someone else buys your shares, they will buy them off you at the current buy price at the time. And that could be higher or lower than the price you originally listed them at um, because you don't know how long it's going to be before somebody comes along and what will happen in the meantime. So if you're worried about the price dropping too far, you can set a reserve price, which will mean that the sell is automatically cancelled if the price drops below this point It'll just cancel. If you want to go ahead with the market sell option, choose the number of shares you want to sell and click go to market. This will bring up a new screen that has an option to set reserve price, which is in green, or join sell queue in pink. It's important to say that market sell will nearly always get you the best possible price, but sometimes you'll need to instant sell instead. Instant sell means you're selling the shares back to FI itself at a lower price. You might want to do this if the price is crashing and you need to get out quickly, Uh, You might also do this if you suspect there isn't much demand for a player um, and you think you're going to be stuck in a queue for a long time and you want to realise the money fast so that you can make the most of it elsewhere. You don't want to wait in a sell queue for days or even weeks because that could happen. So to instant sell, choose the number of shares you want to sell and click the instant sell button, which will have the price on it that FI are prepared to offer you at that moment. Bear in mind that FI themselves have a limited amount of money available for instant sells. Uh, and at times of high demand, they might turn this function off. You'll get a message that says instant sell is currently unavailable. So you can't always assume that you can do that. So I said there's a difference in price. Uh, the difference between the price you can get for a player selling to market and the price that will offer you, that FI will offer you as instant sell, that's called the spread. Uh, so you'll hear that term used a lot. In simple terms, FI use this spread as a way to manage risks to themselves and to other traders. In normal trading conditions, most players will have a small spread on their prices, usually between 2 and 4%. However, the spread can widen significantly if there's a lot of downward pressure on the price. So, for example, if a player is badly injured and many traders are looking to sell at the same time, if everybody lists to market, in this instance, FI might widen the spread considerably, perhaps to 10%, uh, maybe even higher than that. And that's in an attempt to reduce that price volatility and actually it protects holders of that player who may not have seen the news yet. That spread can really eat into your profits and that's one of the main reasons that traders often see instant sell as a bit of a last resort. But as I've said, instant sell definitely can be the right option sometimes if if you need the money quickly, for example. So that's one thing that can cut into your profits. The other thing to bear in mind when you sell is commission. If I take a 2% cut of every sale, with a minimum of 1p on each transaction. And this applies to both market sales and instant sales as well. The commission is paid on each transaction or batch of sales. So if you have uh, 50 futures of a £1 player in the sale queue and someone buys 20 of them, you'll pay 40p in commission for that transaction. So that's 2% of £20. It's always on that batch of transactions. Um, I think... Though, if we're talking about buying and selling, one of the biggest challenges for new traders on FI is knowing when the, is the right time to sell a player. When when do I sell? Is It's far easier to buy, I think. Um, there's no easy answer to this, but I think there are some things that you can think about. So what I would think about is, has the reason you bought the player changed? So, for example, if you bought a player ahead of an easy run of fixtures and things are now toughening up, that might be a really valid time to sell that player so you can lock in any profits that you've made. Could your money work harder for you elsewhere? Your player might be rising slowly and you think, you know, it's going keep he's going to keep going up by a few pence here and there. But is there another opportunity coming up, which means a different player might have a sharp rise ahead of him? In that case, it could be good to sell up and just move on to the next target instead of holding on. It's really important to think about how other traders feel about the player at that time. Um, So we're talking about market sentiment. If you can get a sense of that current market sentiment, maybe by following threads on social media or the forums, you might be able to work out whether the player is likely to fall from this point forward or continue rising. A good thing to ask yourself is always, would you buy the player at the current buy price? If you would hesitate, then maybe he's at his peak and it's actually the best time to sell. Remembering, market sell is the best way to lock in profits. This depends on other traders being willing to buy from you. So it's often best to sell when the sentiment towards a player is still positive, even if that means you don't quite catch the highest price. And I think it's also important to say that sometimes you actually need to sell to cut your losses too, because not every trade you make will be a good one. The key to being successful overall is avoiding big losses. If you see a player starting to slide... Think about why that's happening and consider a point at which you want to sell rather than trying to hang on indefinitely. You see this sometimes, traders hang on trying to get their numbers back up in the green. Selling at that point, making a conscious effort to think, where do I get out? That's called a stop loss. Um, If you want to find out more about that, read, read up on it. I'd really recommend it. And remember, until you sell a player, it's just numbers on a screen. It's not actual profit. And what you really want is the money in your pocket. And if I could just cover one last thing, I think this is relevant to buying and selling, pumping and dumping. Uh, Unfortunately, you're going to hear a lot about this, uh, and it's something that new traders need to watch out for. What we call the pump and dump isn't something that's particularly unique to FI. I think it's seen across all markets, but it's pretty nasty if you get caught up in it. So this is how that works. An unscrupulous trader will identify a player to pump, and this will be somebody very cheap, Uh, So let's assume they're looking at a a player, someone pretty random, who's currently listed at, say, 14p. The trader and their friends will purchase large quantities of the player in order to move the price, remembering that 900 shares will move the price by 1p. So say they purchase 4,500 shares. The price of that player will move up by 5p and will now be 19p. But that's a 35% increase. And what that will do is put the player on the trending list on the app which is also called the risers, on the front page of the website. So very visible. At the same time, they'll be spreading some dubious information on social media about the player's prospects. So they might be saying, he's really cheap, look, the price can only go up from here, he's bound to rocket. There'll be some emojis with that. And there's going to be some probably sketchy stats as well um, about goals and assists all indicating that this is going on and you'll probably spot very similar tweets being put out by supposedly different accounts. At this point some traders are going to fall for the pump and think this is a good prospect. They'll buy into the player which might push the price up some more, so say another 5p, at which point the original traders, the dodgy ones, are going to sell up and the new traders will be left holding a worthless player who's at a lower price than they originally paid. That's the dump. So to avoid pump and dumps, always do your own research don't just rely on other people's tips uh, in inverted commas (laughs) if a player is on the trending list and you don't know why just don't buy him Uh, even if it means you need to take a bit of time to do your research that's what you've got to do and really that is the best advice I'd give to a new trader before buying and selling anybody always do your research Uh, follow your gut but do your research and don't just listen to other people on social media
0: That's brilliant, Mel. Look, I really appreciate you getting into that. You did it in great detail. And to be honest, you could probably read the news at how well you did it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You should probably start your own podcast, never mind listening to mine. But um, look, thanks again. And people know where they can find you. And uh, they should definitely go and listen to your blog. Um, Definitely a lot of knowledge there. Thanks, John. So thanks again. Cheers. No worries. Okay, so that was buying and selling with MDJ. Mel, I can't thank you enough. That was brilliant. Uh, thank you again. Um, we'll move on now, and we'll bring in FI Addict, or FI Tipster, from Twitter. He's going to talk to us about some things that can that can really influence players' prices in the market um, in big ways. And we're talking big swings in a good or bad way. So here we go. I hope you enjoy it. And now we have, back by popular demand, F.I. Tipster, who was on one of my earlier episodes. And he's here to talk to us about big price swings in the market and some things that can affect a player's price that you mightn't be aware of. Do you want to introduce yourself? Maybe tell people where they can find you and then go off on somewhat of a monologue explaining those uh, things for all the beginners.
5: My pleasure. Thanks for having me back on again, first of all. Um, well, you can find me on uh, Twitter, either F1 Addicts or F1 Tipster, uh, or in a pub somewhere uh, in the London area uh so i think is all the groupies i've gotten since the last podcast is getting a bit much so um you know if you see <laughs> me just, just leave me alone um thanks again for having me on so look at very quickly i think first of all this is a great pod for anybody i think it's something to have and to hold on to because a lot of the stuff that you're touching on shouldn't really change um so i think one of the big things obviously is, is price swings it's uh it's a frustrating part of the market but also it can be very rewarding and i think a lot of traders old and new would have seen that this week with uh gareth bale uh so i even called it myself I, I know someone that knows somebody at real and uh the, all the rumors were that he was going to china obviously it's bale he's still a decent age why would he why would he go there but uh one thing for new traders to look at is how volatile the football index market can be It's still very very new um and with bale for example he nearly dropped 30 percent on some of those rumors uh wharton substantiated at the same time, there was Bayern Munich uh, rumours coming out. Then suddenly uh, Spurs were looking for a loan. And then he started to bounce back up again. Uh, then about two or three days later, you saw that it kind of concreted up a little bit those, uh, those China links. And then he dropped down, I think, to about seventy four, from about 2 pounds fifty, pounds 60 um, As you can imagine, if you're a new trader, you could have been very much rewarded a very much swung uh, and had a massive dip and a massive loss. And the worry then is some traders might actually give up. So I think one of the big things to keep an eye on is if you're looking at a player like that, first of all, why have you bought them in the first place? Do you believe in the player? If he had held on to Bale, he actually would have bounced back two or three times and would have stayed around the value that he was. Be very careful what I call FOMO, which is, uh, you know, fear of missing out, especially on the index, especially with Twitter. People just jump on. They think that, oh, he's going to go to Bayern now. He's maybe going to go to United. Um, you know I, I can't miss out there could be about 60-70% to be made uh, at the same time you could be left with a 60% loss so I think you really need to look at the sources look why you bought the player look at the value of the player and the big thing is China Why traders probably wonder why is that a death knell or, or MSL let's say with Ibrahimovic if you look at his chart because they can't get any dividends uh, at their age will he come back again and basically you're buying an asset that doesn't really have any intrinsic value Um, So that's something to be really careful of, and that's just for all transfers. My my general rule is look for value. See if you bought the player at a good price. If you bought them at a good price, you don't have the same risk, and you're able to kind of hold on for a bit longer. Especially patience is really important um, in the index. And I suppose just leading on to something else, which I think is, is linked in relation to swings is injuries. So I have in my head about three or four examples, but I think one really good one to look at would be uh, Bellerin at Arsenal. Uh, I think he's been out now for about six or seven months. Um, obviously, as soon as the injury happened, looked awful, his price just tanked completely. And again, it's that fear um, of, of of being held of holding a player that's just going to fundamentally drop 30%, 40%. It happens to all of us. It's happened to me numerous times. I, I, same thing happened to me and Danny Alves. Uh, he dropped about 20 percent, and i panicked uh and then i thought oh do you know what? i'll buy some more and then he, he dropped some more and then i ended up with him at about 30 40 loss and then i just got rid of him injuries are really a really nice area to make a good reward it's all about patience so first of all how bad is the injury why are you panicking why did you buy the player if he's 20 years of age and he's going to be back in nine months like locked his cheek then fundamentally that player is still going to be the same. Unless the injury is going to you know really damage him and, and long-term he won't be the same player, then obviously get out. But my worry is a lot of new traders just really panic when you see any kind of injury. And it, it, I'm sorry to repeat myself again, but to be honest, it all goes back to why did you buy the player in the first place? Swings are an opportunity to be rewarded, but also can be a massive risk. So for me... As well, a really good example, again, trying to get the point home, is, is Danny Welbeck. Um, that was a very serious injury. Um, people thought he mightn't be able to come back from it. Uh, again, he hasn't even kicked the ball yet, but I'll give a prime example. I, I actually bought him right on the dip, and uh, I made about 40% return. Uh, that's just showing you, that doesn't mean you can always do that. That doesn't mean it always happens. You can get burnt as well. But one thing to look at is when that price bottoms out, and if you believe in the player, and you know that he will recover, and he's got a fundamental value, then i I really buy in, then it's about patience, and that's something I think traders and new traders really need to start developing. I've noticed a lot of people on Twitter understandably feel that they've been burnt um, it has it has a bad impact on the perception of the index as well but this is this is a trading platform as much as a gambling platform, and I think you need to change the mindset as well. so again, an injury is a massive opportunity if you believe in the player, buying at the right value price, hold on. And then what you need to do is set yourself an exit price. Uh, So one player I would mention as Bonaventura is someone that I've held for, I'd say about seven months, and I'm looking at a 40 to 50% return. It's just when I exit now.
0: Yeah, I think another huge injury example is Callum Hudson-Odoi. I just remember he was sitting around the £5 mark. It was like, in fairness, in my opinion, way overpriced anyway. He got a bad injury, and within days or a day, I can't really tell by the chart here because it's a six-month chart I've pulled up. Um, But he dropped to a low of 3.18. Now, there are hundreds of people who panicked, thousands of shares that were futures that were sold to get him down to that price. And very few of them, he's back at 4.39 now, and he hasn't really kicked a ball. And, I mean, I'd say a lot of those people sold for less than 4.39 if it got down to 3.18. you know so again that's back to patience and not panicking there are a lot of people that panic 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 panicked. now there is a a case for instant selling i suppose if you get the news quick you instant sell and buy back in low but if you're just going to be instant selling at 318 do you know a lot of the time if you've missed it by that by a day or two you're probably best just holding because he's going to probably bounce back especially if they're that young
5: that's such a great analysis. And you know something? I was going to mention Neymar. I did the exact same thing where he had that injury in training recently and he just dived down. And I insta sold. And I've never i've done an instant selling probably on something like that about six times. I've never made the profit. I've never been able to time it. So what I've just done is rebought and, redu- and reduced my price. It's so difficult to do because the market's so volatile. And another thing as well that traders might have seen on that, and just I think it's good to mention for perception, is also you can queue them. So if you queue your players, it drops the price down. Obviously, as soon as you unqueue them, it can bounce the price right back up again. So, you know, if somebody had three or four or 5,000 of a player and they queue them all to sell, no one's buying, and then suddenly the news isn't as bad as they thought and they bounce it back off, it'll jump up 6 p and then that's yeah. the reverse psychology. Then new traders and go, oh, I made a mistake. Now I need to get back on again. And they're probably overpaid from when they originally bought the player. So yeah. I think that mentality, and, and it's a great thing that you do, and especially around these swings as well. I think mention Neymar as well. Obviously, it's a funny subject, but, you know, extracurricular stuff outside the pitch. You know, Ronaldo with the rape allegations, Neymar as well. To be honest, it, not labouring, it's the same principle. Why did you buy him in the first place? Would that mean he'll never play again? You know, for me, with Ronaldo, I held the whole way through. I've sold yeah. him now because of his age. But again, you take a, so there's going to be some great people on here that's going to give great advice. And, and the big thing for me is patience, understanding the market, and making sure when you buy a player, you buy it for a reason. You're not buying it because, you know, you think, oh, he'll probably go up a little bit. You know, he's, a, he's an okay player. He's young. Just being young isn't enough. It has to be some fundamentals. So injuries won't affect that extracurricular stuff won't affect that they'll still be the same asset same as if you're on the stock market that's the way to look at it
0: yeah remember why that's a a part of this uh, probably talk about it elsewhere in the podcast it's remember why you've bought the player and don't panic patience think about things and make an actual logical sensible trade with good reasoning behind it don't just panic "Ah, i need to get out i mean there are times if you are watching a match live and someone snaps their leg in half and you have football index open and you instant sell, you're probably right. But if it's been an hour and there's 20, 30p dropped off that player, you I mean you might lose another few pence by waiting that ten minutes, but it might be worth having a think and having a look and having a read as to is it the thing you want to do? Because it's, yeah, there's exactly. nothing worse than selling someone then they bounce back and you regret it. Um, at least if you've got good reasoning, even if he bounces back and you've sold him, look at least you had your reasoning and you can you can sleep easy.
5: And it's, that, it's a great point, another great point, it's the psychological part because it's not only that one player, it'll affect your whole trading probably for the rest of the day. It does to me because I try to make up the loss and then, yeah. and then you lose the head basically. I think that's a technical trading term. You just lose yeah. the head and you're just making stupid decisions, which... You know, which will sting you and you'll learn from it. But the great thing about this podcast is I didn't have this when I first started. So I made so many of these mistakes. So many. Yeah. You know, I think also as well, it's a funny subject, but just for new traders, I think the trend list is great. I'd love them to change it so that it's more on a value than a percentage. And also it just goes back to what we both said is someone's on the trend list for a reason. Like Bale, to be fair, if he did go to United, I can totally understand why he's more valuable and maybe we can touch on that as well for value, you know, United players, Liverpool players. um, But also as well, if he's 9p and he's retired and he's gone up 6p, again, take a step back and think, why has that swung so quickly? What has happened? Mm. The same with transfers as well. Again, I've made a lot of money off transfers. I buy them cheap and then I hold. But, you know, I was as guilty as anybody going, oh, there's a link for some lad from portugal that's going to go play for lazio well will he start for lazio you know uh what's his stats like oh well he's young he's going to go he's bound to be better no again do your research take a step back it's not always easy to do and then obviously you kick yourself if you miss out but if these swings are for a reason and what's the fundamental reason for the swing and take that minute back just take that minute back again you can look at another one and go well if you jump in and you might be massively rewarded but from my experience on the odds you'll lose out long term doing that it's not a process it's not a strategy it's just luck and gambling again which i i don't think the platform is and i think i think it would be great listening to some of the other people's from myself as well to get across that it's a trading platform um and and if you've got the right strategies and you read things correctly especially these swings it could be very profitable
0: yeah and just something to touch on very quickly for a minute before we go uh there's on a positive note for players prices some two things in my head that really affect a player's price if you're english you're a gold mine but the thing with that is i suppose that that doesn't really cause a swing because that's built in from day one but just be aware that english players are probably priced higher due to the media draw in england and the chances of them being called to the national team and that'll cause them to go huge so yeah, obviously if there's a Portuguese player and an English player who are at the same mm. ability level, the English guy's going to cost more. So that's just something to be aware of, but not maybe to do with big price swings. And the other thing I suppose we just want to talk on is which you touched on, is like the United Liverpool, Arsenal, yeah. Chelsea Man City, not quite to the same extent, and maybe Spurs, that effect of being linked to coming to one of those clubs. Because of the media associated with those clubs, your price is going to go boom. So, if let's say a player is playing for Benfica and he's linked to Wolves, he might get a bit of a spike because he's coming to the Premiership. But if he's linked to Man United, his price is going to go crazy.
5: I, I do think, know, I think that's one of the the most illogical parts of it in some ways because do you know what? It's it's one of the best points I think you made as well because. If you look at some of the swings, you can kind of understand it. You know, like you said, someone breaks their leg in half. We'll understand why when they go down. But a player that fundamentally was uh, 30p gets linked to United. He might even be a squad player. He suddenly is worth twice the value. And you're right. That's just because of, of media. But when you start digging through it, it's the same United players that win media. You know, the same players probably competing against Pogba. And United links. You have to be so careful as a new trader. Because as you've seen, they've been linked to about 30 defenders already this year. Um, they've been linked to about 50 strikers. So they're going to have some team. I don't think there's going to be enough uh, room on the pitch for the full United team. Amongst, yeah, they'll uh, need squad. a few team bosses. <laughs> I think, yeah, they're going to have to get a couple of shuttle buttons in. But, yeah. you're, but, you're, but you're right, though. Honestly, it's, it's very illogical. But again, you have to play the market. But the big yeah. thing I would say to new traders is really look at those links. Like Lewandowski, every year. I, I've bought Piracic and I'll be the fellow at Inter and I'll hold my hands up why because he's always getting you know linked to United. I think when he was a youth player, for the last ten seasons he gets linked every season like clockwork and his price will go up.
0: He's like the second Wesley Schneider. <laughs> it was,
5: he, wasn't it? It was Wesley Schneider. <sighs> Jesus like you're right, it's the same players every season and they're never they're never moving. It's even like yeah. the Pogba effect. Look at yeah, personally I don't like him and I don't I think he's overrated. But his price compared to James Rodriguez on his day as a midfielder. But you're spot on. It's the premium that you pay. And I'll give you a prime example before we head off. Is I bought Lukaku when I was a very, very new trader because he went to United. I thought he'd win all the media. I thought he would rock it. I bought him at 7 quid and I ended up sending him a loss of £4 and I lost him a couple of grand. I'll hold my hands up to it. Because I bought into the FOMO and I bought into the premium. It does work sometimes if, again, I know it's boring. sorry, But if the fundamentals of the player are good and solid, he'll be well worth it at United. If he's just a premium because now he's a United player and he's got that jersey, again, you have to do your research. And this is why this pod's going to be so important even to refer back to people because you can lose sight of this.
0: I think in summary then... um patience is key especially at the beginning when maybe you're not as comfortable with the market and you aren't as sure about your technique and maybe once you get a bit more confidence and you're you're better you can maybe make those instant calls and instant sell and you go with your gut but I think at the start it's about patience and it might cost you a couple of pounds but know why you're making a decision and trade accordingly don't panic or feel FOMO and if you do find yourself feeling I need to do it I need to do it take 30 seconds take a minute breathe think about why you bought them think about why you're going to sell them and think about what might happen in the short to medium term with that player's value Um, and it's about realizing if you're late to the party or if you're if you're one of the first there but yeah i think that's all we have time for is there you'd like that
5: no and i just want to say honestly again i think people just pin this and refer back not just what we're speaking about but i want to listen to the other guests as well and it's all about learning Even with these swings, you're going to get burnt. The last thing I will say is you are going to get burnt because you're human and you're emotional. So just don't dwell on it. Just learn from it. And it might happen two or three times or 35 like me. And eventually after six months, I learned. (laughs) But honestly, these kind of pods are great. And share them around as well. Because I think it's important people like ourselves talking and some of the other guests that have made these mistakes. I don't want anyone else to make the mistakes I made because I probably would be another 20 grand richer if I had pods like this. So Yeah. Look, we'll leave it there. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And uh, honestly, keep up the great work. It's a great part of yeah. It. Yeah.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you. And I'd just like to thank FI Tipser again. That really was, it was brilliant. Um, a lot of insight there and a lot of things that beginners really need to take on board. I'm going to try and fly through a couple of things here now and then we're going to finish with FI Force. Uh, we're already an hour and a half in. I genuinely thought I could get this done in an hour and a half. But look, I can't. It's going to probably go on a bit longer, but it really is a one-stop shop, I hope, um, and most of your questions should be answered. And again, just to reiterate, if there's anything that isn't answered, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Let me see. Right, we'll bang out a few things that you might need to know. I mean, I touched on Ponzi schemes earlier in the podcast right at the start, but just to really get hit at home to you, if, if you're trying to tell your mates about this, if anyone has any sort of background in trading... What I find a lot of them do is they say to me, is that not just a Ponzi scheme? So you know what they're talking about and you don't like, like look like a fool. A Ponzi scheme is basically where I buy something and then I tell everyone it's worth, well, okay. It doesn't necessarily need to be me who's telling everyone, but I'm buying something because I believe there's value in it. Even though there's nothing to it, it is absolutely nothing. I could literally buy a name on a screen. So in football index terms... As Fig, who you should definitely listen to as well, Football Index Guide podcast, a lot of knowledge there. As he says, without dividends, they would be like virtual match attacks. They would just be little stickers on the screen that are only going up in price because people are buying them and they're only going down because people are selling them. There's no actual intrinsic value. We are not a Ponzi scheme because there is intrinsic value with all the dividends. You can get money back and paid out, which gives these players value. If dividends didn't exist, we'd be a Ponzi scheme. The only thing that would be driving the price up is dickheads after you, who don't have a clue what they're doing, buying something because they've heard it's great value and it's worth a lot. And that drives the value up. The only people to benefit are the first to buy it, and then eventually it will inevitably crash when people realise it's not worth a thing. Okay, I could have took a bit of time and rehearsed something and scripted it, but I just thought I'd go for it. that's, That's my view of a Ponzi scheme anyway, correct me if I'm wrong. Let me see, we'll fly through a few other frequently asked questions or abbreviations that you might need to know about. Uh, Diversification. People will often talk about how diversification is key. Now, the more you diversify your portfolio, which means the higher number of players in your portfolio, the more diversity, the different types of players, IPD players, PB players, MB players, youth players, the more diverse your portfolio, the lower risk it's going to be. If you sit on one player it's the least diverse you can possibly be and if they break a leg you your your portfolio is going to probably drop i don't know 20 30 40 percent within minutes so it's high risk now you could say it's high reward based on the player you get it's all about what you want to do if you want to have high risk low maintenance buy one two three players you do that mate you do you but you need to realize that the more you diversify the less risk because even if let's say you hold 5% of your portfolio is Hans Wolf. He's injured at the minute. If he never came back from this injury, the most you're going to lose is 5%. If he was 60% of your portfolio, you could lose 60%. That's what diversification is and that's why it's important. Trend list. Be very, very wary of the trend list. I think we might have touched on this with one of the guests, but I just want to really hit that home to you. When you open the app first, I've had a cousin of mine and I've had... One of my good friends signed up recently, and I'm pretty sure both got stung with the trend list. Um, they bought Rooney and someone else. Um, you're probably listening there, Ryan. I think you told me you actually did get stung with the trend list. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm just looking at it now. I mean, there's Mohamed Bassett from Sheffield United. I believe he was just IPO'd 53% He's up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes in the trend list, you get players that are genuinely in an upward trend for good reason. But quite often, that's where the pumpers and dumpers hang out. So just be be very, very wary of it. Um, I wouldn't go straight there and buy whatever's on it when you first sign up. Okay, I digress. What else? We're going to cover, okay, fluidity. We've covered fluidity is basically where we want people trading. So that when you want to sell a player, you can sell them quick. The more people buy and sell, the more commission FI make, the more money they make... But also the quicker we can buy and or the quicker we can sell our players, which is good for everyone. IPOs. You might have heard the term IPO. It's an initial player offering. So basically, let's say a kid born today, in 16 years, they try and put him on the index. They'd have to do an initial player offering. Recent examples, who did I get recently? Troy Parrott, he's an Irish player, plays for Spurs. Uh, Demiral for Juventus was recently IPO'd. Takafasa Kubo, the young exciting player for Real Madrid, they were all recently IPO'd. And what happened historically, they've historically had a bit of backlash about IPOs, Football Index, because of how they've dealt with them. Basically, I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but I think what they used to do was they'd throw, say, 10 players up at like 12 o'clock, and they'd say they will be up at 12 o'clock, and there's a feeding frenzy. Everyone tries to buy the players, the website crashes, very few people actually get any of the players, and then they're overpriced. Some people buy them and then they inevitably dip when the people who got in early bank the profit. That's what happened. Recently, they did another one where they said they'd be released between 10 and 12. And basically, what happened was thousands of people were just at home searching for Troy Para, Takafasa Kubo, among other big names such as Everton Suarez and stuff. Just searching, searching, searching. The amount of searches, the amount of buys and sells really <laughs> wrecked uh, FI's. and uh, the website kind of crashed a bit again I got quite lucky on it as did a lot of people but it's really not the fairest way because let's say you spotted a player who's in, I don't know Sheffield Wednesday's Youth Academy and you really, really want him but he's not on the index then one day he comes out and you happen to be working and you can't buy him and you've had your eye on him for two years it's not the fairest way so I think they're trying to do it differently I think yesterday morning they released a few Sheffield Wednesday maybe Aston Villa players I could be wrong there Uh, without really telling anyone norwich players it was and they just kind of threw them up under the radar so it meant that there was less volume going into the their sites and that didn't crash so maybe that's the way forward maybe it's not perfect but an IPO is basically when a player is added to the index and there it's a very controversial topic let me see what else ROI you'll hear people say ROI it's return on investment so return investments basically, what percentage have you got based on your initial investment? So if you put a thousand quid in, and your portfolio is now worth one thousand four hundred, you have a forty percent ROI. I believe. Um, I could sound pretty stupid if I'm wrong there, but that that makes sense to me. Let me see. We've got that. We've covered that. Sorry, I've got a little a little uh, Microsoft Word document here that I'm flying through to make sure I don't miss things. Something I want to do. And I think it's the last thing you'll hear from me, is bringing you very quickly through the the year um, as a calendar year, just so you kind of have an idea what to expect from each month. Um, so before I start, if this was a year of a major competition in the summer, such as the World Cup of the Euros, you can expect more loading on like prime assets for that tournament from as early as January. But in most cases, traders will wait until sometime around March or April. That's in my experience, and I... Bear in mind, I've only been on this nine or ten months, so I've only really experienced. I haven't actually experienced one of these major tournaments, but from talking to other people who have, this is what the general consensus is. I did do a bit of research. People like let's say next year, uh, twenty twenty, there's going to be the Euros, and people will be loading up on big. I've already done it with the likes of Sterling, Sancho, and Kane because I know England are going to be at the Euros, and it's kind of my. Like fallback plan if anything was to happen to these players in the short term or medium term over the summer If they didn't have a great summer, they'll at least be media buzz about the Euros next year So I've already actually really jumped ahead of the curve and bought into these big English players But a lot of people will probably get involved early next year um, And then probably to t- March or April And then obviously there'll be the latecomers right up until the competition But if you want to make a bit of money based on the, the big tournament You'd want to be getting in early Anyway, I digress We'll go through the year as if there wasn't one of these major tournaments. So in January there'll be a transfer window open. So most of the prep for that will have been done in December or November. Um, And it'll just be carnage. It'll be rumours. There'll be rumours everywhere. People will be coming to United. People will be leaving United. And then no one will actually come or leave United. It's all with Sky Sports. And these big outlets will be saying. And players' prices will swing by 10 or 15% or more in minutes. Based on one article that doesn't have a lot of... uh, foundation behind it, it doesn't really have any legitimacy we move into February and March, they're pretty similar in my opinion, it's mainly going to be a lot of PB players um, just mopping up some dividends and people trading for IPD in play dividends, obviously you'll be winning your media and I mean there could be some Champions League fixtures and things which get a bit of attention but you'd have to play them by ear, there won't be much preparation around this time of year In April people are starting to be looking at the semi-finals of the Champions League and possibly start prepping their port for summer signings and transfers. You're getting towards the the end of the season and people might even start offloading their PB players now. I understand I'm throwing out terms like PB, IPD and MB very fast considering you only learned them just over an hour ago. If you need to rewind 15 seconds to get what I'm saying you should do that. But um, yeah, April people will be looking at the Champions League semis, maybe even the finals. And it's starting to prep their port for summer. May is the Champions League final, or maybe the first of June, but that'll be dominating the media. Um, it'll be a big talking point, and yeah, that'll be that'll influence a lot of the market. Potential transfer targets for the summer media will be brought in. I'd say a lot of people's portfolios around this time, and people will be selling off their PB players. Quite quite hard. You'll see a bit of a dip in those big players who are known for big PB scores, but who don't maybe attract media. June, uh, the transfer window the transfer window starts, and uh, its media buzz lower. Certain players will be linked to Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal. We've talked about it, the big six, or even just the Premier League in general, and their price will go boom. So yeah, their price will go boom, and they'll be winning media every fucking day. Harry Maguire dominated this summer. Sort of Bruno Fernandes and who else? Paulo Dybala, a few other big ones there. Lukaku got a few divs, but yeah, expect a lot of money back if you've got it right, and it's a long drawn out saga. Let me see. Yeah, there's also probably a good time to buy PB players in June. Um, a lot of people will have dumped them at the end of May, so yeah, if you stock up on them in June, you'll probably see a nice rise coming into the next season. In July, the transfer window is in full flow. Uh, it's very similar to January in that respect. People coming, people going. Price fluctuations all over the gaff. Um, it's a very volatile time in the market. Um, prep for the new season will be well underway at this stage. Most people will, be, will have a lot of PB players in their port and might even be starting to offload towards the end of July some of their transfer holds because the English transfer window finishes early August, before the season. September... With a new season, internationals um, will be coming around the corner. And yeah, people getting international call ups, if it's their first time, will normally give them a bit of a spike. And just the new season in general is a very exciting time. There'll be injuries, which you've been prepped on how to deal with them. There'll also be sort of, I don't know, you know yourself. When the season's actually in full flow, there's a lot of drama going on. It's very exciting. It's my favourite time uh, for the index. As I record this now, it's actually Liverpool kick-off in about six hours for the first game of the B- the Premier League in 2019-20 and 20 season against Norwich. So it's a very exciting day. I feel like a kid at Christmas. Um, where were we? We're in September. Yeah, October. We'd possibly be looking to buy our Halloween costume early in the month to avoid too much capital appreciation on its price over the month. See, others will be getting them in. So you'd want to be getting that costume sorted well and truly uh, by maybe the 10th that was a terrible joke John what are you doing with your life mate anyway we'll move on October's a pretty boring month in my opinion uh, there will be a few qualifiers to the Champions League and stuff but there's really nothing to tell you there November people will be starting to look to January for transfer uh, rumours to buy those players for the media dividends and then in December, January transfers will be ramping up. Possible offloading of PB and IPD players for like the likes of the German League. As they have like a 22 winter 22 day winter break. Like that's three weeks without APDs or PB. So people might even offload for a few weeks, anticipating a slump, and then they might jump back on before January. Uh, like France has a sixteen day break, Italy has a fourteen day break, and Spain has an eleven day break. We're blessed in the Premier League where you have games every day do you know not every day but there's an awful lot of games over the christmas break so look that that might have been i don't know how much you shall actually get out of that but i just felt like there's trends throughout the year and it's good to have an idea of what they are i flew through it based on time because you're going to look at the time of this and i'd say we probably lost a lot of listeners because they've seen it's near two hours but look it's a one-stop shop i hope you got a bit out of that calendar run through I probably missed a few things, but you should definitely be a bit wiser now than you were when I started. Um, yeah, I think we'll jump straight into FI Force, and uh, he'll tell us a bit about his first few months, common pitfalls. We'll probably go over a few topics that have definitely already been mentioned, but hopefully, you get something out of it. And now we have FI Force with us, and he's going to talk to us about his first four or five months on the index, uh, so you beginners can really he's going to tell you some of the pitfalls maybe he got caught with and some big things that he wishes he knew uh, four or five months ago. Do you, want, do you want to start and maybe just go off on a bit of monologue and tell us about your journey?
6: Hi, yeah. So first of all, thanks very much for having me on. As I say, uh, I've really enjoyed listening to you and I'm very glad that I can I can add something to the podcast. Thanks very much. Um, so yeah, I've been on about four or five months um, and for me, I, I absolutely love it. It's uh, it's really added to my my football experience and I suppose giving me something for my my hours of useless football knowledge and watching. Yeah. Um, again, I'm I'm definitely not an expert on it. Uh, I I really believe that the the platform is so diverse that it it gives people very various different ways to to make money and enjoy it and interact on it. Um, but I'm just going to maybe talk about how what I've I've felt and experienced on it. Um, and again, one of the reasons I was so keen to come on today was if I was starting out. And um, there's lots of material out there, but just one of the, the comments on a lot of the material is that I felt at the start that it wasn't maybe aimed or targeted at similar guys like me that are very new to it, uh, have, have uh, modest uh, portfolios. So I suppose one of the, the reasons is just to tell people anyone starting off, whether it's 50 quid, 100 quid, 200 quid, you can definitely enjoy it. You can definitely interact. And there's loads of us out there that have the same kind of experiences as what you're going to have. Um, okay, so when I started out, uh, again, there's loads of uh, research uh, and tutorial videos that you'll you'll watch and interact. But even I still felt just a little bit lost about uh, what players I was going to target and what players I was going for. So when you start off a bit like whether it's fantasy football or, or FIFA or whatever, you think of the superstars, whether it's Salah, Sterling, Messi, Neymar, Pogba, you know, we see them every day, we, we watch them, and you've seen crazy screenshots on Twitter or whatever of the amount of dividends they've won and what what they've made for people, and you kind of, that's what you're immediately attracted to, uh, Well, I certainly was anyway. And after a little while, I started to see that these guys are quite expensive, so if I have a, a little bit of, of deposit at the start, you know, 50, uh, 100 quid, they're quite expensive. Uh, they're also quite volatile we've seen various rape cases injuries um the main thing for me was their low returns um you know we have small amounts of divs one or even if you get any cap app it's it's quite small it's in pence so you know the the endorphins and that you 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 don't get very very excited about it you know if you you want 10 pog it's going to cost you 70 70 pounds roughly and with a hundred quid as your first deposit, it's a, it's a lot gone. And even if he's winning a PB or an MB, you know, you're coming away with, with 30 P and, and that. So it's, it, it, it's really slow. And I, I know they are, are long-term holes, but at, at the start, when you're trying to get, get addicted to it, a hit to it, it's, it builds it up quite slow. So a couple of weeks in, and I was, I was a little bit maybe disappointed with, uh, with my returns and that I, I kind of just, you know, started to, to look at other ways of trading and other strategies. And I realized that the lower value players could do a lot more for me, a lot quicker. Uh, I could benefit from cap up on them. They're they're quite low risk. and There's obviously smaller spreads on them. So if there was any sort of, of issue, I, I could IS uh, very cheaply without losing too much. So I then basically just started to trawl through the... The, the different uh, data providers, the Twitter suggestions or, or the actual platform itself to find some of these undervalued gems and, and see, you know, who could do something for me. So, you know, I don't mind giving some examples. I, I got on at the time, Flavian Taste. he was 37P uh, playing for Angers. He had brilliant PB scores uh, for, for a club that's not overly successful. And I could already see Transfer Links building. So I I was happy to get out uh, over the summer there got out for for 68p uh, again Gerard Piquet was feeling very unloved after Barca's Champions League exit he was sitting at 37p again great PB history so I got out during the summer for 51p so you know there's two players that I was I was able to at the time buy you know by 100 200 of and I, I could make good good cap up and I could see money going into my account. You know, again, you talk about winning a bet, you know, and getting getting the hit from it. Th- this was money I was seeing at the time going into my account. I, I was building it up. Um, and that's kind of at the start how I started to really move my cash balance and be able to then diversify a little bit, you know. Um, again, they're, they're, the flip side of that is there's some of them. Um, for example, there's the, the Dendoncourt, the, the Wolves midfielder who I, I got on and he went up 15p, I let him go. You know, Maybe he might go up another 15, another 20p when the season comes and if he has a good season. But if you're happy enough with what you've made, again, get out, find the next one. I'm now on Jay Rodriguez, uh, an IPD, 36p, hoping the same happens with him. Uh, So it's the idea all the time of uh, earning some profit, taking it, compounding that profit, and then repeat the process again. Um, and rather than you buy your Pogbas, he goes up eight P, you know, you you're for ten of them, you're going you're getting eighty P in your portfolio, you know. Whereas if you get, let's say, PK, he goes up ten P, I have a I have a hundred of them. I've already gone up a, a pound and 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 so forth, so forth. Sorry, on ten P, that would obviously be, be ten pounds, sorry. Um again it doesn't work with all of them I've had fellas I've had Morgan Sanson I've had Hector Herrera these guys they they got moves they didn't get moves and there was just there was no market reaction to them maybe I didn't wait long enough whatever but I'm not saying that it'll work on all these players that you pick out but but certainly more often than not it's a it's it's a nice way to uh to earn some quick money and uh, and see your 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 portfolio and your cash balance move up again for a newbie this gave me a, a feel-good factor uh, i was i was seeing a return i it also gave me confidence then to put more cash into the product you know this is working for me i'm, I'm making a bit of money here and um, i i'm gonna put a bit more in and you know then i started to reevaluate my portfolio have a look at the the strategy um and again just 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 the flip side of it um that's what worked for me there's there's loads of different strategies out there dividends for example i would never say to someone ignore dividends I, I think dividends underpin the whole value of the game you you have to appreciate dividends whether you chase them or not that's that's your business but the reason Neymar and Pogba are the value they are is because of the amount of dividends that they earn so the, otherwise the the game is just a stickers it's sticker collecting it's a, it's a pyramids game so I, with looking at this then, I started to build three different kind of uh, size to my portfolio. So I did eventually then go after dividends earners. I got into Messi. I got into Neymar. I continued with my, my undervalued uh, portfolio that was serving me very well. Uh, a player, someone like Tony Cruz, I think at the moment is quite undervalued. And then I also started to build a youth prospect um, side of it. So I got into Morgan Gibbs White or uh guiri, guiri i think is his name off leon so again you know th- there's plenty of different ways and now that i'm in, in on the game four or five months i can i can now diversify a little bit and i can see that there there are ways to win dividends there's ways for cap app and there's but at the start for me if i was to start again i probably would would look with the the type of budget i have how could i make uh, cap up and cash balance quickly and for me that was true uh, cheaper style players that I felt were undervalued or I felt were going to get a kick based on their performance or a transfer if, uh, if that makes sense. It does yeah
0: and something just to elaborate on that I think what you're saying is very fair like when I first joined I joined pre-share split and it was 24 quid or something for a Neymar when you're sticking 50 quid in at the start and you're getting two Neymar shares futures it's a case of the endorphins and it's a slow builder and it's a long-term investment and i get that and if you have complete and utter confidence in neymar and that's the way you want to rock it and you want to put the money there and forget about it for two or three years you do you mate but if you're looking to build your cash balance and you're looking for those 10 15 quid wins and building your portfolio up a bit faster you do it exactly exactly your advice you need to look towards the the lower end of the market don't you
6: yeah, 100% that. I mean, I had a fella during the week come to me and he, he's putting 100 quid in and you know, again, he was going after after Sancho's and Mbappé's and that. And again, I just put it to him and I just said, you know, h- how many of them can you get? Um, you know, and and, and that's not to, you know, people who say, "Oh, you're talking down the top players." I'm not at all. Uh, I I really am. And I I as I say, I've gone in on the Neymar's and the Messi's now. But just one thing that, that new players maybe should should remember as well, you mentioned the share split then. Some of these guys and some of these portfolios that you're going to see screenshots of on Twitter, just remember, these have been through two and three share splits. So there's guys out there that would have got, let's say, Neymar at a, at a, at a decent price very early. Then they had a share split. They got it multiplied by two or three. Then they got another share split. They got it multiplied by two or three again. So that, that took me a bit to get used to as well. Guys with astronomical amounts of, of Nessies and Neymars uh, have gone through share splits. And again, more more power to them. They were at, on the product from the start They when it was less known, when it was more risk. You know, so in no way criticizing them. But just as a newbie, just be, be aware of that as well. P- people that have been on longer have got guys at good prices. And now it's up to you to find the next uh, good price player, the, the next player that's going to going to turn into these. We all arrive at a different cycle in the journey. So now it's up to us to find who is going to be the next one that's gonna explode. That's it. Go forth, my minions, and find the next Neymar.
0: <laughs> that's what you're saying. That's what we're saying. That's... Go on, lads, away and find them. But is, is there exactly. is there nothing else you'd like to add just before we before we leave it there?
6: Yeah, I'm just going to quickly go on to about IPD players. Perfect, yeah, um, fly through that. Again, it t- took me a while to get my head around. Um, so I got on v- a Vardy at the start uh, as an IPD. And again, I, I have my spreadsheet. I signed myself up mentally for the, the 30 days. And I was excited to see his goals and his ROI over the 30 days. So I bought him on a Friday. The next, very next day to Saturday he scored, I was absolutely delighted, had the spreadsheet out, put the penny in, you know, getting the ROI going, I was delighted. Then I checked on Monday morning and I was shocked to see he'd gone down 5p, I couldn't understand this, you know, I was new, was I missing news, was there an injury, should I sell him, you know, how the hell could he score and he's gone down. So then I stepped back from it. I Actually, I, I got a bit of help of uh, someone on Twitter, and they were just saying, well, first of all, you bought him on a Friday. So there had been people almost a week in advance that had seen that fixture coming. So he was almost at a peak pre-game price. So you'd paid quite heavily for him. Then secondly, you bought him, uh, you, he got his goal, but there were some people that, wouldn't have had him yet, would have bought him when he scored because they wanted their IPD that evening because you can buy before midnight and still collect it. But as other people were buying, raising his price up, people that had got in earlier were already dumping him and taking a little bit of uh, their cap up out of him. So what I'm trying to say to people regarding the IPD players is just be careful when you're buying them. And also, secondly on that, if you buy a player and he scores and people are piling into him because, well, he scored, he's flashed up on people's phones, he's on match of the day, he's relevant. People buy relevant players. Have a look at the cap app, right? He might have gone up 8, 9, 10p, and you're hanging on till midnight to collect your 1p IPD. And then when that IPD is paid, he's going to crash down again because people are dumping him. So, so just weigh up whether, do I want to wait for my penny or am I happy with the, the cap app I've made? You might you mightn't even keep them for the day within his 30-day his cycle. You might you might have dumped them already. So that's something just to be wary of. And again, a recurring cycle. If you've got a, if you're at the end of your 30-day cycle, just remember that someone else is only starting their 30-day cycle. So IPDs give recurring value to the market. So don't think at the end of the 30-day, he's of no value to me. I have to get rid of him. I, I'm not going to get it and off him. Well, that, that, that's not true at all. Hold him. Wait for the next time he scores. Someone else will buy. They'll start their cycle all, all over again, and then you can get out when he's at when he's raised a, a couple of P on, on, on the cap app.
0: That's great advice, and it really goes it, it, it adds on well to what Tom Mullen, you said to us earlier in the podcast about IPDs. You've really elaborated on it well. And I think people will get a lot out of that. We'll see a lot of new IPD traders, I dare say. But um,
6: yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting now the new season with the IPDs. Um, again, it can be great fun. It can be a really uh, addictive thing on your Saturday Saturday afternoon, having a look and seeing your IPD scores. It's very different from your long term bets, etc., etc. But you do just need to 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 be be on the ball and be having a look because the prices on IPD players can go up and down in a matter of hours yeah. depending on who's in and who's dumping so so just be careful with them brilliant
0: and is you'd like that
6: uh no i mean i don't want to go too much into detail the the only thing i just a word of advice to to any newbies out there is just be very 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 careful when you're selling uh there is market sell there is is sell Maybe it's not very evident on the site how the IS sell works in comparison to the market sell. So maybe just maybe practice it with a with one share first, just so you know that you are you are selling to the market, because with the spreads out there, you're, you're going to be losing any of the profit or the cap up that you're making by just by just pissing them away on the IS. So just be really, really careful with it.
0: Absolutely. And I think MDJ has ran through that really, really clearly and for earlier in the episode for people, if you need to go back to that. And uh, that is a really good word of warning because there's a lot of beginners get stung with just insta selling people when maybe they should be looking at market. But um, we we'll leave it there. And if people want to find you, it's fi force on Twitter. And that that's all the that's the only place
6: you'd like to be found. That's it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, as I say, thanks very much, and I look forward to listening back to the show. No worries. All the best. Thanks for that. Cheers. Yeah.
0: And there we have it, thanks again to Fi Force, and I just want to say one more final time, I've said thank you about 4,000 times, I've said thank you more than a groom at his wedding, actually, uh, thank you to everyone who helped me out with this podcast, it was tough to edit, it really was, I'm not tech savvy and I edit all the audio from a podcast, so this was a challenge, getting all the people's ins and outs and putting a wee bit of music here and there to make it sound a bit better, so I hope it wasn't too hard to listen to. Um, I else I need to add, i thanked everyone. Yeah, look, I just hope you get something out of it. It did go on a bit, but there's three timestamps at the bottom, and a few other things of interest from the podcast. And uh look, I really would appreciate it if you told your mates to listen if they're joining or interested in joining. And yeah, review. Look, I'm gonna skip thirty seconds if you want. Please give me reviews and all that malarkey. Even if you can't be asked to me a review, which genuinely takes like thirty seconds. Um even just reach out say something to me on twitter on facebook or wherever just say you know even just you plugging me a bit and saying look i listened to this it was great that helps me get listeners and one day if i have enough listeners i might be able to get a bit of money off this and it would uh, yeah but even other than that a little bit of feedback goes a long way and it keeps me motivated so yeah there you go if you've skipped the 30 seconds here we are it's time to say goodbye thank you again for listening and uh yeah thanks